0: Today's broadcast originally aired on April 19th, 2023.
1: Rupert Murdoch thinks Fox viewers are stupid. He's the most dangerous man
2: to ever cross our border, ruling over a network of deceit that made him a billionaire. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. Fox News is an anti-American cancer. Fox Chairman Rupert Murdoch testified under oath that he does not believe the election was stolen from Donald Trump. And he also said that some Fox News hosts went too far. Host
0: Tucker Carlson texted a producer. We are very, very close to being able to ignore Trump most nights. Referring to Trump, Carlson says, I hate him passionately. I can't handle much more of this.
2: There is a settlement, a settlement in the high stakes trial between Dominion voting systems and Fox. Fox has admitted to telling lies about Dominion.
0: This case really was ultimately about Donald Trump and about the fact that he was in bed with a network that Americans relied upon for news and that what they were told instead of news was lies. Today's settlement of $787,500,000
1: represents vindication and accountability. The truth
2: does not know red or blue. Well told, Lincoln Project. Thank you for your service.
0: Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how i get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I
2: am, stuck in the middle with you. I am. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast As heard on KPFK, 90.7 FM in LA. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI and Round Mountains KKRN. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. Lanchester, Pennsylvania's W News, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. Rochester, New York's WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WMHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the Internet, So the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, NicoleSandler.com. Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites. Blanketing Planet Earth, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us for another thrilling edition of the Bradcast one thing we won't be able to uh, thrill you with, happily, one thing that won't, we now know, will not be breaking during today's show, a ruling from the Supreme Court, which had been expected on Wednesday in the Pristone case, that ruling by a far-right Trump-appointed activist judge, who is legislating from the bench in Texas. Uh, He had banned the use of the abortion pill in all 50 states after it was initially approved by the FDA some 23 years ago. A temporary administrative stay on that radical, arguably radically wrong ruling by this judge, Matthew Kesmarek had been put in place, uh, a hold on it, had been put in place by Justice Sam Alito last week through Wednesday of this week. And on Wednesday afternoon, the court extended their administrative stay through Friday.
0: So they're kicking the can to Friday.
2: They are. What does that mean exactly? What's the holdup? Well, we don't know because it's the Supreme Court. They operate in secret unless, uh, you know, someone on Sam Alito's staff like Sam Alito is leaking things. But in any event, we don't know. For now, it means the status quo remains in place, at least through Friday, and the drug will be available. What happens after Friday? Well, we will see. Hello, Desi Doyen. Hello. Uh, For now, the big news remains what happened on Tuesday, as I know a lot of folks are disappointed today about the settlement between Fox and Dominion voting systems in Dominion's one point six billion dollar defamation suit against the wildly dangerous uh, nation, world, democracy, humanity threatening Republican propaganda outlet known ironically and wholly misleadingly as Fox News. I share no small amount of your disappointment regarding the fact that it appears that the deal, which included a virtually unheard of enormous financial payout from Fox of some seven hundred and eighty seven and a half million dollars. That's more than three quarters of a billion So it included that, but it did not include apparently any requirement for an on air apology or even a correction from Fox. And it also means that Fox stars like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Maria Bartiromo, Fox CEO, Rupert Murdoch, none of them are going to be hauled into uh, court to make to give public testimony and, you know, essentially be forced to confess To the lies that they have already confessed to, thanks to the release of emails and text messages that were gathered and released as part of the case to date, revealing all of them to be unapologetic liars who knew the lies that their own media outlet was broadcasting were in fact lies. But they told them anyway, because that's what Fox News do. So I share your disappointment in that regard. On the other hand, as someone who has covered private election system vendors like Dominion for about two decades now, I also know that not a one of them actually gives a damn about democracy. They love to say they do, but... I've seen no actual evidence of it over the years. What they do give a damn about is making money for their shareholders. Period. End of story. Which is why I've argued for so long that private corporations like Dominion, like ESNS, like Heart Inner Civic, like Smartmatic, like the now defunct Sequoia and De- Diebold and Premier, none of them. They have no place in our public elections, which these corporations, by and large, have now taken over, no matter how antithetical it in fact is to democracy, a democracy by, of, and for the people. But we know they do not care about that. They never have. We know that they care about making money off of our democracy. And for anyone who ever saw Dominion's lawsuit as really anything but that, well, I, I don't blame you but uh, you know, for being disappointed, but you haven't been paying attention to who these companies are and what they actually do. Our friend and occasional guest on this program, Eddie Perez who used to work for the uh, much smaller election vendor named Heart InterCivic, Civic which is based in Texas and and performs as the vendor for a whole bunch of, of counties uh, across Texas and, and elsewhere. Well, he no longer works for that company. And, and he has, to his credit, been, a f- uh, you know, m- more than uh, somewhat critical of the role that such companies play as he's worked with open source voting consortiums as well as Twitter, which he's also left. Uh, but that's since leaving Hart InterCivic some years ago. Eddie tweeted out about all of this on Tuesday night, somewhat esoterically, sort of quoting what he described as his humility, as his gut and as democracy itself. Quote, my humility. I don't know the details of the calculus that led to the decision to accept a settlement. My gut, I think a tiny voting tech company and the lawyers representing them said, that's a bleep ton of money. Let's take it. (laughs) Democracy said, what about me? Answer, who are you? So, yep, you uh, you have every reason to feel at least some disappointment today, but probably not as much as you may be feeling, which I hope to talk about a bit more today, including with a guest who is joining me shortly. But if you ever thought a private corporate voting machine company was going to actually save democracy or the truth, from the ravages and assaults that uh, it has seen thanks to the fox fake news empire as it has been unleashing this uh, these ravages and these assaults on both truth and democracy for at least 20 years now well you may have either overhoped or underappreciated the cynical profit motive driving both of those two parties in that particular lawsuit
0: yeah i mean Basically, I am personally disappointed because I wanted all of this as just as a function of transparency and accountability to go to trial. But I think it's important for everyone to realize that, you no, know, no corporation and no civil suit of any kind is going to be enough to save democracy. We actually have to do the work ourselves.
2: More on all of that. Well said. More on all of that uh, momentarily because because there, in fact, is still much more of this to come with more related lawsuits still left to play out. For now, the unmistakable truth is for sure that seven hundred and eighty seven point five million dollars is, in fact, yeah, a bleep ton of money. (laughs) Yes. Even for Rupert Murdoch and Fox, even if arguably not having to admit that, uh, you know, either the amount or the fact that they are paying it out because they blatantly lied to their own viewers and treated them as idiots, even as that is obviously both a disappointment and, and uh, decidedly unhelpful that they don't have to make that admission. As the New York Times reported on Tuesday, Fox News' last-minute settlement with Dominion Voting Systems earned banner coverage on every television news network but one. Can you guess which one? (laughs) Fox News. That's right. The seven hundred eighty seven and a half million dollar settlement was covered only three times by Fox in about four hours after the settlement became public, amounting to about six minutes of coverage for most of the day, including during the network's primetime shows. Hosts appeared to be focusing on other issues like illegal immigration and covid-19's possible origins. Because that's the Fox we all know and loathe. Everywhere else, however, the settlement remained the top story on CNN, on MSNBC, on CBS News, all well into the evening. CNN's Anderson Cooper led his primetime program with the case, also interviewed the lead counsel for Dominion, for example. But Neil Cavuto, one of the least dishonest hosts still at the propaganda outlet, And I'm being very generous with that. (laughs)
0: Yes, you are.
2: Uh, He's host of the afternoon Fox program Your World with Neil Cavuto. He covered the uh, settlement, sort of, as news of it broke. And again, after the dollar figure was announced, Howie Kurtz, Fox's uh, media analyst, told Cavuto that the election fraud claims about Dominion were, quote, obviously false, unquote, and, quote, conspiracy theories, unquote. Well, there's something. Of course, he didn't go into details. Kurtz said uh, that, quote, both sides had an incentive to avoid a costly six week trial. The network also published just one story on its homepage. <laughs> one story more than an hour after the settlement was announced. And for the record, Fox is one of the most aggressive when it comes to you know, getting breaking news out there before other outlets on both their web page and on their mobile phone alerts, etc. On this one, apparently they were in no big rush on Tuesday afternoon for some reason. Anyway, that one story on their web page, which I will share with you in a moment, as it was linked from The New York Times piece, uh, included the network's official statement and called the lawsuit media fodder, according to The Times. By Tuesday evening, that story was ranked around the 30th position on the Fox News homepage. And yeah, good luck finding it today Uh, at all. Fox News declined to comment to The New York Times for that story. So what did that one story on that on the Fox News homepage, at least for a few fleeting minutes, actually say, well, allow me to read it. In its entirety. Now, don't worry, I got to get to a guest. Don't (laughs) worry, this will not take very long. Here's the entirety of the, the Fox website's coverage of this blockbuster landmark. First Amendment uh, lawsuit uh, case settling on Tuesday. That's going to
0: require them to pay $787 million.
2: Not that the Fox News readers would have any idea. Here's what the entire story is. Quote, Dominion Voting Systems filed a $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit against Fox News Media in March 2021. Delaware Superior Court Judge Eric Davis, who was overseeing the defamation lawsuit, praised both parties for their handling of the case. Quote, I've been on the bench since 2010. I think this is the best lawyering I've had ever, Davis said, adding, quote, I would be proud to be your judge in the future, unquote the settlement came as a trial was scheduled to launch this week with a jury selected earlier in the day the lawsuit which stemmed from coverage of the past i'm sorry coverage of the post 2020 presidential election what what kind of coverage of the post 2020 presidential election uh, fox does not mention that coverage of the post 2020 presidential election had become media fodder with news outlets closely watching the outcome of the highly publicized legal battle. What was the legal battle about? Don't know. Unclear. Then-President Donald Trump and his allies fiercely challenged Joe Biden's victory in the weeks following the election. Some of them, including members of his legal team, made false and unsubstantiated claims against Dominion voting systems and are the subject of separate defamation lawsuits. End of story. That's it. Wow. 78 words total. Plus the headline, quote, Fox News Media Dominion Voting Systems Reach Agreement Over Defamation Lawsuit.
0: No well, mention I'm, of the settlement or I, anything.
2: I, I'm glad they reached an agreement. Uh, does that mean Dominion paid Fox News uh, a whole bunch of money? What, what's the settlement? We don't know. How much did they settle for? There is no word even about who paid what to whom. For the record, Fox paid Dominion more than three quarters of a billion dollars that uh, 787.5 million that number is not mentioned in the story not even that anybody paid anybody anything actually just that they reached an agreement and there was a settlement there is no mention that the judge found Fox had, in fact, lied about every single thing that they reported regarding Dominion, having stolen the election for Joe Biden in 2020 or rigged it against Trump, which the judge determined in his uh, rulings were all baseless and evidence-free lies. Not only did they lie about it, but they knew that they were lying about it as mountains of evidence based on Actual internal communications between Fox executives and producers and hosts had proven already in the case that before the trial even began that they were all lying and they all knew that they were lying. There is no mention in the Fox story of why Fox lied, as also proven in the evidence presented before the trial began, essentially that they were bleeding viewers to other far right outlets for the sin of correctly calling Arizona for Joe Biden on election night and that the propaganda outlet and its stars were all freaking out about their audience turning away from them for having done so, turning away in droves at the time. And the statement from Fox that the New York Times had 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 reported was included in Fox's coverage. Well, if that statement had ever been included in the Fox News story, it is no longer there. It's been removed for the state. For the record, that statement reads in full, I believe, quote, we are pleased to have reached a settlement of our dispute with Dominion voting systems. We acknowledge the court's rulings, finding certain claims about Dominion to be false. This settlement reflects Fox's continued commitment to the highest journalistic standards. (laughs) We are hopeful that our decision to resolve this dispute with Dominion amicably instead of the acrimony of a divisive trial allows the country to move forward from these issues. So if that statement was ever in Fox's story, as New York Times reported it was, well, it was taken out by the time I got there uh, to check it out. I guess they didn't even want to have the sentence saying we acknowledge the court's rulings, finding certain claims about dominion to be false. Apparently. They could have left it in because it doesn't actually say who made those statements. But But
0: they're not even going to let that stay in.
2: Yeah. For the record... Fox's uh, website coverage of that story, all 78 words of it, includes no links to anyone else's coverage, you know, real coverage uh, or to any of the legal filings or the uh, judge's rulings or anything else. It was literally the least that they could do now as to why an on air apology or correction or something more than simply cash Did not appear to be included in the settlement. Well, no admission of wrongdoing above and beyond, you know, Fox saying in their statement, we acknowledge the court's rulings, finding certain claims about Dominion to be false. Whose claims? Fox's? Like, you know, they're pretty vague. Uh, So why was there not more? Well, our guest joining us momentarily, an attorney who has himself literally worked on a settlement in a totally different Coincidentally, $1.6 billion lawsuit. Well, he has a theory on that, and it has to do with the additional cases that are still to come. There are pending defamation lawsuits from Dominion against a number of Trump stooges like Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and against right-wing outlets like Newsmax and OAN, but there is also a case against Fox that is still pending, against Fox specifically, that they're still going to have to deal with for $2.7 billion from another private election vendor named Smartmatic, which issued a statement after Tuesday's settlement between Fox and Dominion, reading, quote, Dominion's litigation exposed some of the misconduct and damage caused by Fox's disinformation campaign. Smartmatic will expose the rest. Well, good. Good. Sounds promising. That said, please see above regarding what I had to say about private voting machine companies and their interest in making money as opposed to, you know, saving democracy. For that, as Desi suggested, (laughs) it will uh, most likely be up to all of us if we find that democracy is worth saving. For now, at least, I certainly do. Hope you do as well. And to that end, attorney Keith Barber joins us next on the Fox Dominion Settlement on... Also, some new, somewhat gobsmacking news out of Georgia, the criminal conspiracy case against Donald Trump there. Remember that one? Yes, it is still imminent. And in the E. Gene Carroll rape and defamation trial against Trump, which is set, unless it settles, to begin next week. That is all ahead on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial.
0: You're listening to an encore presentation of the broadcast.
2: Cow goes moo, the frog goes croak,
1: and the elephant goes toot. Dogs say quack, and fish go blub, and the seal goes ow, ow, ow. But there's one sound that no one knows. What does the fox say?
2: Oh, still love that song. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, Writing at Talking Points Memo today, uh, Morning Memo author David Kurtz notes, quote, I'm a bit surprised by the unrealistic expectations so many people apparently harbored about the Dominion case, the bombshell revelations in the case about the internal workings of Fox News and the three quarters of a billion dollars the network is being forced to pay. Exceeded my expectations, he writes, for what a civil action could achieve. It's a breathtaking success, he argues. It is a landmark defamation case that will be studied for years, he says. It cements in the historical record Fox's sinister role in Donald Trump's effort to subvert the 2020 election. It confirms and illustrates in vivid detail Fox's key role in fomenting the reactionary caustic democracy backsliding political era from the 1990s into the 2020s. So enough with the long faces, he says. The Fox settlement ranks as the second highest defamation award in U.S. legal history behind only the Sandy Hook family's $1 billion plus in judgments against Alex Jones last year. It's the largest ever U.S. defamation settlement. As opposed to a judgment, at least that has been publicly revealed. And he makes a good point there. There is the fact that the financial settlement in this case, in any event, was disclosed publicly, even as I suspect Fox likely worked hard to keep that part of the deal sealed if they could have gotten away with it. Kurtz continues. The judge had already ruled that it was, quote, crystal clear with the word crystal in all caps in his ruling that Fox aired false claims about dominion. All the trial would have done was establish whether Fox acted knowingly or recklessly. In other words, with actual malice, as per The uh, New York Times v. uh, Sullivan, the Supreme Court standard, Uh, and in doing so, how much Dominion's damages should be. That would have been all that was left, really, for the trial. Fox, in fact, had already lost everything else via summary judgment a week or so ago, as we covered in some detail at the time. Kurtz continues, Dominion marshaled extensive evidence of Fox's wrongdoing and was able to inject that into the public sphere via its stupendous motion for summary judgment a few weeks ago. And yes, I would also add that all of that material will now be available in the other ongoing defamation suits that are still pending from Dominion against Trump lawyers and liars like Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and pillow dude Mike Lindell and Overstock.com former CEO Patrick Byrne as well as right-wing propaganda outlets like Newsmax and OAN. Those cases are still on, not to mention that material will also be usable in the $2.7 billion defamation suit that is also still pending against Fox News from Smartmatic, the other voting machine company that is suing Fox. Perhaps argues David Kurtz, instead of sitting back and waiting and hoping for third parties like a judge or a jury or some grand duke of truth-telling in the universe to validate our judgments about Fox News, everyone in the reality-based world can simply rest confident in those judgments, shout them from the rooftops on their own merits, and proceed knowing that what we know to be true based on voluminous evidence and our own good sense." Politics generally and the movement to protect and secure democracy specifically isn't a spectator sport, he notes, and it's a fundamental mistake to treat it that way. If your ideal scenario involved Fox News personalities and the Murdochs being forced to testify and getting chewed up on cross-examine with a gargantuan verdict and punitive damages in the billions, I get you, he writes. But that was not even close to a guaranteed outcome. Of going to trial. Also possible, he says, the jury awards a more modest judgment, or Dominion outright loses at trial, or Dominion wins but later loses on key issues on appeal and has to start all over, etc. In any of those also plausible alternative scenarios, he says, Fox would have had the opportunity to further muddy the waters. In your imagined schadenfreude-rich universe, bad things could have happened, too. And Kurtz is correct there. He also goes on to address the, the questions as to why Fox wasn't forced to admit wrongdoing and apologize. But for that, allow me to turn to my guest today on that matter, as well as several other accountability matters that continue to cascade upon us this week including the matter of Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney Fani Willis's conspiracy case, presumably against Donald Trump and a few dozen of his closest co-conspirators who tried to strong arm officials into stealing the 2020 election for Trump that he lost in Georgia and for the rape and defamation trial against the former loser president, that is set to begin next week in New York City in a lawsuit filed against him by columnist E. Gene Carroll. I'm happy to welcome back to the show today our friend, longtime, if now retired attorney, and frequent Daily Coast contributor, where he is known simply as Keith DB, and where he is now writing again, both there and at his own site at medium.com. Our old friend, Keith Barber. Welcome back to the broadcast, amigo. Well, thank you, Brad. Good to be back. Well, I, my friend, I'm I'm glad to see that you are back and writing at Daily Coast again, along with uh, at your own site at Medium, because you know I stopped by the site last night, and lo and behold, a full three of the top five most recommended stories were by you, my friend. So. Uh, congrats for that. I'm hoping to run through all three of them today, as mentioned. So let me start with the first uh, The first one, headlined, A Calm Dive into the Dominion Settlement. And I want to walk through some of your quite plausible explanations about what happened in this uh, settlement and why it played out as it did, including why there was no apology, etc., from Fox. But I, I should start by noting that, as I recall, as an attorney, You actually once had the job of working out a a similar, well, a settlement in your own literally $1.6 billion lawsuit? (laughs) I
1: did. (laughs) Uh, The defendant in that case was the government.
2: Uh Uh-huh. And, and, yeah.
1: And that was uh, on behalf of um, over a 1,000 hospital clients.
2: hmm and what, and what insight did that case offer you, sort of in general terms, in, in understanding the process that Dominion and Fox had reportedly been going through in the days and, and hours leading up to the eventual uh, canceled trial on Tuesday?
1: Yeah, well, basically, that um, you don't close billion-dollar deals uh, overnight. Mm. Uh, that, that's an enormously complex process. Uh, ours was more complex, I think, mean, because I had to deal with a 1,000 clients and mm-hmm. notify them of potential settlement offers and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, the crossing the T's and dotting the I's of the details uh, get to be very, very involved in these things. And they simplified it, in this case, quite a bit mm-hmm. by just making it about money. Mm-hmm. So all they all they had to agree to was kind of that bottom line. Mhm had they gone further and given everybody what they wanted in this the on air culpas from fox mm-hmm. then that would have required negotiating the details of you know who would say exactly what and how, and that's a lot of horse trading to talk there, and uh that would have taken a lot longer to get to the the bottom line here than than they obviously took they You know, Fox just basically threw enough money at it to settle it. Mm -hmm. I think that particularly after the judge appointed the master to review potential Fox misconduct and discovery in the case, Mm. Fox really had to settle it, and Dominion and its attorneys knew it and had all the leverage to get a whole lot of money out of them. More money, a lot more money than they would have got Uh, if it had gone
2: to trial. Well, now a lot of people argue that, uh, yeah, they were able to get a whole lot of money out of them, but they also had the leverage to get much more. You noted in your coverage on Tuesday uh, that you were also initially disappointed uh, as well by the settlement's lack of an on-air mea culpa from Fox, etc., but after thinking through it, uh, quote, from a lawyer's perspective, such a settlement would be extremely difficult for Fox to make at this time specifically why is that keith
1: well because they have all that other pending litigation from smartmatic and the pending litigation against their on-air personalities so you know they make an admission here that they knowingly made false statements Uh well those false statements are applicable in the smartmatic case too it's basically the same allegations and and uh, they're basically conceding that case as well So, So from their perspective of a Fox lawyer, they probably had to tell Dominion's attorneys that that's off the table.
2: Mm. And so, if they wanted any deal at all, they had to take a money-only deal because any admissions we make here are going to be applicable in all of these other cases. That's correct. Uh, Now, as
1: you pointed out, all the facts that were developed in this case Mm -hmm. are admissible in all of those other cases, too, Mm -hmm. but... That's uh, that's a big distance between that and Fox publicly stating, yes, we knowingly
2: lie. You also put helped to sort of put the amount of money that Fox is going to pay out here in perspective. And I think a lot of people are you know, so upset that there's not an on-air apology and so forth that they're sort of overlooking how much money we are actually talking about here. Help us understand that as far as uh, how much actual money this is to to fox
1: well it's it's about three quarters of the of the year of net income for fox you know it's over half a year of net income for Mm -hmm. fox Mm -hmm. so from fox's perspective that's a whole lot of money particularly since they have probably outstanding liability to go in Mm -hmm. other in these other cases uh and from dominion's point of view I mean, look at this from the perspective of a Dominion lawyer, uh, and you're representing Dominion, mm-hmm. which averaged $40 million a year in not net revenue, mind you, but gross revenue. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that, that was their gross revenue, was $40 million a year. And, of course, the jury is going to hear that mm-hmm. when it comes time to calculate damages. Mm. So is, was there any chance that a jury for a company with only $40 million a year in gross revenue, is going to award damages of nearly $800 million? I really don't think so. That's why I said that they got out of this settlement a lot more than they would have a jury trial. And that is 20 years Mm -hmm. (laughs) of of gross revenue for Dominion voting systems. And, uh, you know, my article has a a picture of the uh, Dominion lawyers walking out of the... uh, the courtroom. And uh, they're all smiles. And I imagine they were on their way to go have some very nice scotch.
2: So uh, so it's your contention here that had this all gone through, had the case actually played out, even had Dominion won everything they were gunning for here, you don't think they would have walked away with $787.5 million?
1: I don't think they would have walked away with anything close to that.
2: You offer uh, what you describe as three gentle responses to those who are upset that the American people will uh, not get the vindication of truth that they deserve, as you wrote. Uh, Let me walk through those, uh, all three (laughs) of them, quickly here. You write, uh, first, Dominion's lawyers do not represent the interests of the American people. Good point. Why is that noteworthy as you see it?
1: Well, their ethical obligation is to their client, not us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. and, uh, and their client is Dominion and its shareholders and its owners. And yep. as I put it, you know, to be a Dominion owner tonight is to be a very ha- in a very happy place. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, and all those guys are rich now.
2: Second, the uh, Smartmatic lawsuit still remains, you know. Uh, and, and you think that means that Fox may be, as you put it, more willing to trade mea culpas for cash in the next case when it comes to smartmatic uh, why do you see that
1: well they they might be because that will be you know that that could be on the table for smartmatic because there wouldn't be any more you know after that mm-hmm. for fox though you know there could be uh, there's been talks of talk of uh, fox shareholders filing derivative lawsuits they're yep. called but Mm-hmm. Uh, the shareholders suing Fox for basically, you know, this is money out of shareholder pocket, mm-hmm. and and Fox's misconduct is is hurting its own shareholders. So there's there's talk of them suing too. So that might be a limit, but you know, the the alternative is uh, if you're not going to trade the mea culpa's, you know, for cash, then it's more cash
0: mm-hmm. and
1: more money out of everybody's pocket. So. Like I said, I think uh, Fox may be a bit short of cash
2: now. So they're short on cash, and so they may be able to pay in Maya culpa's instead. By the way, Keith Barber, do you have any idea, Uh, can we assume that insurance will now cover much of this outlay from Fox to Dominion?
1: You know, I would expect, uh, first of all, the insurance is going to have some sort of cap on it. Uh, I I can't believe insurance, you know goes for de- something like defamation goes all the way up to uh you know nearly a bi- billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh so I think Fox is going to have to pay some of that. And I would expect insurance to to challenge this, um, mm. because, you know, this was Fox's misconduct and deliberate acts mm. uh that that did this. So I what I don't know what Fox has in the way of insurance in this regard. I'm sure that they do. An the organization in its position would have insurance mm-hmm. uh, to, cover it, to cover even defamation. But this is not just any defamation case, mm-hmm. and this is not just any settlement like you pointed out. It's the second largest defamation settlement in the United States history.
2: And so, uh, even if they do have insurance, uh, the insurance company may say, "Yeah, we're not going to cover what you guys did." That could be but interesting.
1: I, I would expect <laughs> them to contest it. Yeah.
2: Wow. Okay. Uh, let's move to uh, Let's move to Georgia, shall we? The uh, case against uh, Trump and friends there, uh, where you've been also keeping uh, close count on Twitter of Fulton County District Attorney Fani Willis's statement in court. Uh, that ch- quote charging decisions are imminent in the case. How many day as we go to air right now, Keith Barber? Uh, do you recall how many days ago that? Uh, that was eighty five days ago, Brad. Eighty five days ago. Now, as an attorney, is uh, does imminent? Uh, does eighty is eighty five days more than imminent? As as you I, would see it?
1: You know, we talked about this in February, and I was I was assuming that there would be something filed by her by the end of february at that time and Uh then well march at the latest Uh so here we are you know coming close to the end of april and still nothing and i think that you know this 85 days has passed and people have been wondering you know just what is she doing Mm -hmm. well Yesterday's filing gave us a hint as to what
2: she's doing. Apparently so. News broke in the case on Tuesday that, uh, as CNN reported it, the Fulton County District Attorney's Office said some fake electors for Donald Trump have implicated each other in potential criminal activity, and the uh, DA's office is now seeking to disqualify their lawyer, according to a new court filing. Uh, this is a, uh, an attorney, Kimberly Burroughs Debro uh, who is apparently being paid by the state Republican Party, as I understand it, to represent this group of 10 Republican fake electors. The DA's office is now moving to have her removed. I guess entirely from the case, I know there were several points that jumped out uh, for you from that filing this week. Let me step through some of those quickly, starting with this one. You write on April 12 and April 14 in just the last week, representative of representatives of Willis's office interviewed some of the electors represented by DeBro, in those interviews with DeBro sitting right there, quote, from the and this is from the filing, some of the electors stated that another elector, represented by Ms. DeBrow, committed acts that are violations of Georgia law, and that they were not a party to these additional acts. Okay, what do we take away from that, Keith?
1: Well, what you take away is that is that those electors have a conflict of interest with each other, mm-hmm. and and accordingly, Ms. DeBrow can't represent all of them. And as is indicated, uh-huh. uh, the, uh, Willis recommended or requested that the court say that the brow can't represent any of them uh, because she has heard all of the things, you know, confidential communications between them uh-huh. that could allow her, if she represented one or some, to use what she heard from the other clients
2: uh-huh. <laughs> against
1: that, that client, you know, the, the client she keeps. Uh-huh. So it's... You know it's a mess, and I understand that uh, Debray has denied all of all of this. But um, but this and, is a fact. Accordingly, this is a- has, a- uh, you know is contesting this. But you know we'll see what the judge decides. Well, I mean, isn't this
2: a, a, a fact-based issue? In other words, something that she cannot deny. Either there is you know, additional crimes that affect one but not the other, making her representation of both of them a conflict of interest. I mean, it's not saying she's doing a bad job or she's a bad person, but it's simply a, a, a matter of a legal ethics, no?
1: It's a, it's a basic matter of fundamental legal ethics. You can't represent competing parties in the same matter. Uh-huh. And, and that's what would be going on, you know, and at least that's what Willis says is going on and I, it does seem like it should be a fairly straightforward, you know, fact issue to hear, you know, what was said in that meeting. Did, but yeah. You know, and it, and it's also uh my second point was that you know some of the electors said that uh DeBrown never communicated to them a offer <laughs> yes. for immunity.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I mean, that was, and I'm not a lawyer let me just make this clear but when I uh, read this if I understood this correctly basically the the DA's office uh, Fonnie Willis basically said hey let your 10 clients know that we would be interested in granting them immunity in exchange for their cooperation in this case the uh, DeBros uh, I guess said okay I'll do that and now apparently it turns out these uh, fake electors say we never heard anything about such an offer for immunity?
1: It actually went further than that. The judge ordered DeBrow to communicate to her clients that, you know, the prosecutor's office was interested in working out potential immunity deals with them. Uh huh. And DeBrow said, okay. And then she later came back to the court and said, I did that and none of my clients are interested. Um, at least that's what Willis alleges, uh-huh. and that's you know, <laughs> I, I I can't I can't imagine an attorney. Yeah, like yeah. I I that is in hard for me to fathom.
2: Me. And, it,
1: and what it does sound like is that rather representing, you know, if true, what it sounds like is it rather representing the interests. Of those ten people as individuals, is that she's representing the interest of the party, which, as you suggested, might Mm -hmm. be paying her. And
0: Uh,
2: but shouldn't she? That's not right. Well, it's not (laughs) only is it not right; not only is it uh, unethical, but I mean, it seems like she outrageously she lied to the judge that oh yeah, I'll I'll you know communicate these offers and so forth. Uh, Shouldn't she be uh, sanctioned? removed from the case? I, I mean, You know,
1: it's interesting because Willis presents that allegation and then in the rest of the decision, or her, her motion, doesn't discuss it much. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, the implications of that uh, go well beyond simply removing her from representation uh, of those ten clients. I That's... You know, it, Thou shalt not lie to the judge. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's
2: in the Bible. Yeah, I think it. I think it is. Um, before I move on to the uh, e. Jean Carroll case, very quickly here um, on this, uh, because because that just blows my mind. And by, and by the way, would all of that and all of this that we're talking about would this explain those 85 days? Does it take this well, sort of time to sort this sort uh, this sort of thing? Yeah, out? Yeah,
1: I think I think that a couple of things are going on. First. Um, Notwithstanding that the special grand jury wrapped up its uh, business in January and mm-hmm. submitted its report with its recommendations, uh, Willis is still investigating. She's still interviewing people and sitting down and talking to people. I think that she's trying to flip some more of those electors. Mm-hmm. The New York Times reported that she had flipped one, but mm-hmm. I think she I guess she feels that to really strengthen her case, she would like to flip some more. Mm-hmm. And and that's what she's trying to do. And right now she's having to deal with this unified pack that, you know, of ten that that DeBrow has put together. Right. Uh, that that are so far, you know, refusing to to do that. And you know what? <laughs> Sometimes representing your client as an individual means that it might be in that individual's interest to cooperate. Mhm. And, and uh, Willis is saying that's not happening, and and uh, yeah, so forth. I you know uh, when I, when 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 you know the question I think comes to this is we're at eighty five days in my Fannie Willis Eminence count.
2: Yes, <laughs> and, yes. And
1: and so how many more days will it be? How much longer will it be? And I, and I don't think that there's a good answer to that question now because. You know, the investigation is still
2: open. There you go. And uh, did she give any sense, by the way, in this uh, filing as far as what those additional criminal acts uh, could possibly be? Because I have a sense of that from some of my Georgia sources. But did was it mentioned in the uh, in the particular filing?
1: No, it was not. But the use of the phrase "additional acts"
0: mm-hmm.
1: there suggests to me that it is acts that that go beyond just. These forged electoral college certificates that mm-hmm. they all sign.
2: My understanding, for what it's worth, is that the uh, that it has to do with Kathy Latham. And she's a former uh, Republican Party state Repar- uh, Republican Party official. She was involved in this breach of voting system software in Coffee County, Georgia. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, she had uh, in in a deposition. This is a suit that's filed by a friend and uh, of ours, a frequent broadcast guest, Marilyn Marks of the Coalition of Good Governance. In the uh, in that case, in the deposition, Latham said she did not go into the office where this breach was happening she said she stopped by she was there for five minutes most and then as it turns out surveillance video uh, footage uh, that was obtained in the course of that trial shows that she was there for more than four hours So, uh, as they were making unlawful, illegal copies of voting systems uh, software in uh, in Georgia, a case that's still not being investigated, as we understand it, at the federal level, as it should be. But if this means Fonnie Willis is looking into it, then that is good news. All right. uh, Well, you wonder
1: if she went before uh, Willis's special grand jury and told that same. Story about mm-hmm. I was just there for five minutes mm-hmm. uh, because the grand jury, you know, one of the parts of that that was unsealed was the grand jury saying that they think some people perjured themselves. Uh, huh. So that, you know, that I wondered right away if that additional act didn't involve the perjury referred to by the grand jury, uh, and maybe it does.
2: Well, I understand we will find out imminently. Uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whatever Keith. that
2: means. Now, finally, uh, next week, uh, the uh, the trial in the uh, in in uh, the case of uh, columnist E. Jean Carroll, her uh, rape and dep- defamation trial against Donald Trump, is set to begin in New York City. Uh, apparently, in a courthouse that is adjacent to the one where Trump was charged with some 34 criminal felonies for falsifying business records in the Stormy Daniels affair just a couple weeks ago. So, Trump apparently filed for yet another delay in this particular case, arguing it was just too soon after his New York indictment for him to be able to get a fair trial in New York. How did that argument go over with the judge overseeing that civil lawsuit against the former president?
1: You well, know, when I saw the Trump filing requesting the delay, I right away laughed and, and thought, you know, well, if you give him a month delay for this indictment, in a month there'll be another indictment,
0: and he'll mm-hmm. ask for
1: another month delay, and in that month yet another indictment, mm-hmm. and this could go on in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the judge said exactly, well. Not exactly that, but uh close said, to it. Uh, close to uh, it. He he, <laughs> he 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 said that postponements and circumstances such as this are not necessarily unmixed blessings from the standpoint of a defendant who is hoping to avoid negative publicity. Events happen during the postponements. Sometimes they can make matters worse. Mr Trump faces a number of criminal and civil investigations and litigation including and then drops a long footnote, uh, <laughs> uh, discussing those investigations uh, and, uh, and, and how they, those could generate their own publicity later as well.
2: It does suggest that this judge uh, in this particular case gets it understands what what uh, Trump's game is. The question, I guess, is, uh, you know, Trump has a habit of settling with legal opponents that he's unable to intimidate into dropping their case entirely. Uh, Keith Barber, would you expect um, would you expect to see another settlement struck in that case between him and Eugene and Carroll, akin to what we saw in the Fox Dominion matter before right, it ever, yeah. ever gets the trial?
1: You know, this guy's supposedly running for president, and he settles with a plaintiff who accuses him of rape. That's going to be tough. Now, I would, let's assume that the settlement is one where Trump agrees to pay some money, but Mm -hmm. doesn't admit to any, you know, doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. That it's settlement done to reduce the risk of litigation, as, as the lawyers like to say in the settlements, in recognition of the mutual risk of litigation. Um, well, assume that. that That's still an awfully bad look. Uh, can you imagine the advertisements that his opponents would run against him? Yeah. Um but I, it would be well, it would be something.
2: I mean, he'll do what he what he did, you know, with with Stormy Daniels. Oh, I never had uh, sex with her. I. I was just paying her to go away. She's a crazy lady. I mean, that's what we know. That's what he'll do if he can get away with it. I guess the question really here is, you know, would E. Jean Carroll go away without a trial, without the facts coming out? But you know what? If somebody offers you, you know, a few, yeah. few million bucks, it's hard to say no, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well yes, it's it's definitely hard to say no. And um and Carol gets to say, My vindication's in the bank account.
2: Mhm. Yeah.
1: And you know, and obviously you know, he didn't give me X million dollars to settle this case because he believed he could win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is what she'll say and you know, well, which is very much what Dominion is saying.
2: Exactly. Right that's what I was going to say. That's what Dominion is saying. Hey, we got all the money. That proves we were right. Uh, that's yep. proof enough. Uh, and maybe it is, although I suspect some people may be left disappointed in that case as well, if that's what happens. Uh, uh, Keith, yeah. Keith Barber, uh, really appreciate your work on all three of these cases. We'll link to all three of your stories. I'm sure you'll have another three up at the on the top of the recommended list. By the time I uh, get tonight's show posted, you can find uh, Keith and his work either at dailycoast.com or at keithdb.medium.com. And you can find his delightfully irreverent Twitter feed uh, where he beats up (laughs) on pretty much everyone uh, on, on the Twitters at KeithDB80. Hey, thanks, Keith. Really appreciate everything. We will talk to you soon, I suspect.
1: Yeah, all right. Thank you very much, Fred. You have a great day, and and looking forward to the end of that Eminence
2: Watch. <laughs> It'll come eventually. Thank you, brother. <laughs> have a good one. Okay, we've We, uh, we got to get out.
0: Yes, and I hope he's right that soon we'll find some kind of development out of Georgia, just because I I really would like to hear about it. Eminence. <laughs> yes. I, I,
2: imminent, he posts every day. Eminence Watch, uh, day, day, 80 day 85, 80 <laughs> five, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> And, and when I say it's irreverent, he it's irreverent because he beats up on a lot of his fellow Republicans. He used to be a Republican oh, yeah. until yeah. Donald Trump came along. Uh, so that's kind of fun. Anyway, we do got to get out. Yes. Thanks again to Keith Barber. Thanks to Desi Doyen, our producer. And thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program or you want to just listen again or share it with someone you know or hate, You can always download it for free at bradblog.com. No paywall. That service made possible by those of you kind enough to donate to what we do. You can go straight to bradblog.com slash donate. Drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com on the Facebooks, Twitters, and Mastodons. I am the Brad Blog. We will see you there until we see you here next time. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.
1: What does the fuck say?
0: You're listening to The broadcast. We are 100% listener-supported thanks to listeners like you who drop by bradblog.com slash donate.